Y'all ready? Welcome in to the fifth dimension. The Great Reset. A monologue with your host, Evan McDermott. And I want to welcome everybody into the Fifth Dimension podcast with me, Evan McDermott. And I want to thank you for tuning into this episode. And this is a really important one. You know, I have been working with this subject, the energy of this subject for a while personally, and I haven't brought it too much onto the show, but it's at a point where I don't feel the discussion can be avoided any longer. Uh, You know, for a while, this subject was viewed as a conspiracy, if you will, but it's at a point now where it's becoming so mainstream. And everybody is beginning to get an understanding of this. And that is the Great Reset. And this idea that we need to reset our society and implement new ways of living for the greater good, if you will. Uh, You know, we're hearing all about this from world leaders. You know, it's been mentioned by... There's an infamous video going around right now. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, talking about Great Reset. It's been mentioned by Joe Biden. It's been mentioned by Boris Johnson of the UK, Emmanuel Macron. And specifically, it was introduced by the World Economic Forum. And they have a whole book about the Great Reset. They have a whole podcast where they talk about these ideas. You can go to their website if you just look up the Great Reset. Even on Google, it'll bring you to the World Economic Forum's vision of what what they're hoping for. And it's spearheaded by Klaus Schwab, uh, whose life is really a mystery for, you know, there's a lack of transparency about his background. And, you know, there's a lot you could dig into that. But, you know, he's the head of the World Economic Forum. He created this. And, you know, when we talk about the Great Reset, they talk about this idea to create something better and this world that is sustainable and united and why I think so many people can be attracted to this ideology is because they hit on a lot of key points in that I kind of agree with you know we do need to create a world that is united and we need healing But this world needs to be fueled by love. It needs to be fueled by oneness, interconnectivity. And there's a much darker reality to this great reset and what it entails. There's such a lack of transparency around this. And this darker reality, it very much involves, you could say, an authoritarian, technocratic takeover. There's going to be a lack of freedom. There's going to be a lack of interconnectivity. It's really going to be built upon this foundation of separateness and control for a select few. And when we look at sort of these darker realities, and I'm going to dive into it a little bit deeper, 
we really have to ask the question, is this what we want? Who is consenting to this and what are the motivations? We really need to be asking questions right now and digging for truth. You know, there was a whistleblower who came out. This was in early October. Uh, he's from the Liberal Party of Canada. He's part of their uh, planning committee and strategic planning. And he got sort of what the outline of this reset is going to look like. And I want to read you this this whistleblower's statement and what he came out with. And this info has been very suppressed. It sort of fell into my lap and confirms a lot of what I've been intuitively feeling. You know, the visions that I've been seeing with this great reset. When I really tap into, I don't know if it's the Akashic Records or, you know, tuning into what is being told to me, it really confirms a lot of what I've been feeling and seeing. And it makes it an emotional topic for me because I know this is coming. And it kind of outlines what that darker reality might look like. So I want to read this to you now. And do you know it is a heavy subject? Um, here he is. I want to provide you some very important information. I'm a committee member within the Liberal Party of Canada. I sit within several committee groups, but the information I am providing is originating from the Strategic Planning Committee, which is steered by the Prime Minister of Canada, as Justin Trudeau. I need to start off by saying that I'm not happy doing this, but I have to as a Canadian, and more importantly, as a parent who wants a better future, not only for my children, but for other children as well. The other reason I am doing this is because roughly 30% of the committee members are not pleased with the direction this will take Canada, but our opinions have been ignored and they plan on moving forward toward their goals. They have also made it very clear that nothing will stop the planned outcomes. The roadmap and aim was set out by the Prime Minister and is as follows. And remember, this came out early October. Phase in secondary lockdown restrictions on a rolling basis, starting with a major metropolitan areas first and expanding outward, expected by November 2020. Now, we're already beginning to see this in a lot of areas, not just Canada, we're seeing it in Europe, parts of the United States as well. Rush the acquisition of or construction of isolation facilities across every province and territory. Expected December 2020. Daily new cases of COVID-19 will surge beyond capacity of testing, including increases in COVID-related deaths following the same growth curves expected by the end of November 2020. Complete and total secondary lockdown, much stricter than the first and second rolling phase restriction. Oh, I'm sorry. Complete and total secondary lockdown much stricter than the first and second rolling phase restrictions expected by the end of December 2020, early January 2021. And again, we're already beginning to see this. Reform and expansion of the unemployment program to be transitioned into universal basic income program expected by quarter one 2021. Projected COVID-19 mutation and or co-infection with secondary virus referred to as COVID-21 leading to a third wave with much 
higher mortality rate and higher rate of infection expected by February 2021. Daily new cases of COVID-21 hospitalizations and COVID-19 and COVID-21 related deaths will exceed medical care facilities capacity expected quarter one, quarter two, 2021. It continues. Enhanced lockdown restrictions referred to as third lockdown will be implemented. Full travel restrictions will be imposed, including inter-province and inter-city. Expected quarter two, 2021. Transitioning of individuals into the universal basic income program. Expected mid-quarter two, 2021. Projected supply chain breakdowns, inventory shortages, large economic instability. Expected late quarter two, 2021. Deployment of military personnel into major metropolitan areas, as well as all major roadways to establish travel checkpoints, restricted travel and movement, provide logistical support to the area expected by quarter three, 2021. I need to take a breath here. It's very heavy. Um, and his email continues here, the whistleblow, whistleblower. Um, Along with that provided roadmap to the Strategic Planning Committee, was asked to design an effective way of transitioning Canadians to meet an unprecedented economic endeavor, one that would change the face of Canada and forever alter the lives of Canadians. What we were told was that in order to offset what was essentially an economic collapse on an international scale, the federal government was going to offer Canadians a total debt relief. This is how it works. The federal government will offer to eliminate all personal debts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, you name it, which all funding will be provided to Canada by the IMF under that what will become known as the World Debt Reset Program. IMF is International Monetary Fund, I believe. In exchange for acceptance of this total debt forgiveness, the individual would forfeit ownership of any and all property and assets forever. The individual would also have to agree to partake in the COVID-19 and COVID-21 vaccination schedule, which would provide the individual with unrestricted travel and unrestricted living even under a full lockdown through the use of photo identification referred to as Canada's health pass. Committee members asked who would become the owner of the forfeited property and assets in that scenario and what would happen to lenders or financial institutions. We were simply told the World Debt Reset Program will handle all of the details. Several committee members also questioned what would happen to individuals if they refused to participate in the World Debt Reset Program or the Health Pass or the vaccination schedule. And the answer we got was very troubling. Essentially, we were told it was our duty to make sure we came up with a plan to ensure that would never happen. We were told it was in the individual's best interest to participate. When several committee members pushed relentlessly to get an answer, we were told that those who refused would first live under the lockdown restrictions indefinitely, and that over a short period of time, as more Canadians transitioned into the debt forgiveness program, the ones who refused to participate would be deemed a public safety risk and would be relocated into isolation facilities. 
Once in those facilities, they would be given two options, participate in the debt forgiveness program and be released, or stay indefinitely in the isolation facility under the classification of a serious public health risk and have all of their assets seized. So you can imagine, after hearing all of this, it turned into quite the heated discussion and escalated beyond anything I've ever witnessed before. In the end, it was implied by the Prime Minister that the whole agenda will move forward no matter who agrees with it or not. And it won't be just Canada, but in fact all nations will have similar roadmaps and agendas. And we need to take advantage of the situations before us to promote change on a grander scale for the betterment of everybody. The members who were opposed and the ones who brought up key issues that would arise from such a thing were completely ignored. Our opinions and concerns were ignored. We were simply told to just do it. All I know is that I don't like it, and I think it's going to place Canadians into a dark future. Now, these words of the whistleblower really are heavy and they really bring out a lot, a lot of emotions. It taps into specific fears. And I have to ask again, is this what we want? Is this really the direction we want to move in? You know, if we're living by our hearts as individuals, by our truth, what we know to be true, what is going to happen? You know, I had this vision about a week before I came across this whistleblower's information, and it was... I, you know, and I, I was, it was in meditation and I was connecting with great spirit. And I asked, can you show me this, this darkness that I'm feeling? Because I've been feeling this heaviness in the collective energy, in the shadow. I've been really making it a point to work with the shadow. And I had this vision of the, some sort of, military authority figures armed and taking away my family taking away me and bringing me and all of us into this camp and it was so real I could feel it I can feel it now and, you know, what are we being asked to participate in? Like, what is this? Why are we consenting to this? And when the time comes, I know I'm, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm not going to get the vaccine. So what will happen? Well, that's what they want to happen. Will we let that happen? 
That's up to all of us. We need to come together and unite and prevent this. There's no other option. And it's such a large force, it feels sometimes almost impossible. But know that love never fails. Love always wins out. And, you know, maybe there are some serious dark times ahead. But if we commit to love, we commit to a higher vibration, all of us, it is inevitable that we prevent this sort of scenario from playing out. And, you know, I mentioned not wanting to get the vaccine and not going to get the vaccine. And there's a few reasons for that. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. And there's such a lack of transparency around this COVID vaccine. I really would encourage everyone to go listen to the debate between Robert F. Kennedy and Alan Dershowitz on the vaccine and hear the facts that Kennedy brings out about this and really what this is it's only one of two things the vaccine number one it's a medical experiment you know there's never been an efficable vaccine that's been created in less than five years and here we are rushing this out possibly mandating it to the public what is going to happen if you bring that out how many people are going to die from this from this medical experiment or it's another thing number two it's something they've been planning for a long time and this is the opportunity for them to roll it out you can believe whichever but there's no denying that it's one of the two personally i believe the latter i believe the latter but i want you to to feel that ask that question what is this and really if it's a medical experiment this goes against the Nuremberg Codes, which were established after World War II to prevent scenarios like this. You know, the Nazis really did horrific things, horrific medical experiments on people. And this mandatory vaccination feels like it would be in the same line. And I'm going to read you a section from the Nuremberg Codes right now. Nuremberg Code, 1947, Permissible Medical Experiments. The great weight of the evidence before us to affect that certain types of medical experiments on human beings, when kept within reasonably well-defined bounds, conform to the ethics of the medical profession generally. The protagonists of the practice of human experimentation justify their views on the basis that such experiments yield results for the good of society that are unprocurable by other method or means of study. All agree, however, that certain basic principles must be observed in order to satisfy morale, ethical, and legal concepts. The voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice, without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. 
This latter element requires that before the acceptance of an affirmative decision by the experimental subject, there should be made known to him the nature, duration, and purpose of the experiment, the method and means by which it is to be conducted, all inconveniences and hazards reasonably to be expected, and the effects upon his health or person which may possibly come from his participation in the experiment. Like I was saying, with the lack of transparency that exists in this, this experiment, this reset, how is this ethical? How is this in line with these codes that were established? And why this is happening is because it is a global reset. You know, the World Economic Forum and this 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 dark agenda has infiltrated almost every single government around the world. And all of these forces are putting this this plan into action you know there were people talking about the great reset 10 years ago and 10 years ago people laughed it off and said that is it's just ridiculous but it's entering the mainstream and it's coming their implementation of the agenda is right now and what we decide to do in this moment here now is going to decide the future of humanity we need to heal we need to unite joe biden said in one of his speeches there is a dark winter coming there is a dark winter bill gates said in one of his interviews the next wave that will show them next time you know, there was a a, bio, a biochemical weapon experiment that took place in the early 2000s, right around the time of 9-11. And the name of it was Dark Winter, and it was a simulation of a biological weapon attack pandemic and the military action that would be put into place. Is that a coincidence? I'll let you answer that question. But the dark winter is coming. And we need to stand up for what we believe in. We can't avoid this shadow any longer. We can't. Otherwise, it will be the end of us. It'll be the end of what we know to be humanity. And, you know, I say that with as much love and optimism as I can. I, I know that we will win. I know that we will stop this. Love is an unstoppable force. And so many people are tuning into love, are awakening to their purpose, are awakening to what's happening and if humanity wasn't ready for this it wouldn't be happening this is the next step in our evolution and 
we need to step up. This is the test. This is it. And I won't stand down from my truth. I will continue to raise my vibration. I will live in a place of love, openness, seeking to understand, seeking to better myself, seeking to understand myself, seeking to understand you and your truth. And I will never stop fighting for you, for me, because we're all one. We are pillars of love and light. And we are meant to be self-actualized, interconnected, in living, in unity. Living as what we are meant to be. Tune into your heart, feel your purpose. Know that you can make a difference. It's time to stand up. We can't wait any longer. We can't. The healing has to happen. Stand up for what you believe in. Speak your truth. And know that we will win. We've got this. I'm Evan McDermott. That's going to wrap up this episode of The Fifth Dimension. I love you. I'll see you next time. So long.